Hey guys, welcome back to Keep It 99, the most edifying podcast in the world. And today I'm here with a very special guest, uh, Bunateji Iskender from St. Ruiz Coptic Orthodox Church in Wesley Chapel, Florida. Thank you, Abuna, uh, for blessing us with your presence on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a blessing. No, the blessing is ours. Um, so today we're going to talk about um, the sacraments and how they pertain to uh, our salvation. Um, so the first question I wanted to ask you is, you know, what are the sacraments? Like, how do you, how do you define, um, like, the word sacrament? Very good question. So a sacrament, basically, um, other word for it is a mystery, but we use the word sacrament more. Um, it means then that there is some sort of an invisible grace that we obtain uh, through visible acts or visible rituals. Um, so something that is unseen that happens uh, something that is uh, changed or transformed that we do not see, but we know that it's, it happens with the action of the Holy Spirit um, through just visible material. Like in baptism, we use water or oil, um, and then we get the grace of the Holy Spirit or the new birth through these uh, visible materials. So how, like, the, so the, the sacrament is like a visible... Um, apparition of something that is invisible. Um, how do we have faith that these visible things that we do have an invisible aspect? Like, where do we get that faith from? So we see that from, first of all, from the Bible. You know, all the sacraments are established by our Lord Jesus Christ, and they're all uh, mentioned in the Bible in, in uh, different uh, areas in the Bible. First of all, commanded by Jesus Christ, and then carried on in the book of Acts by the apostles, and then we also received it through the fathers who came after the apostles through their writings and their rituals. And uh, some of them are actually written by the 12 apostles, like in the Didache and uh, the Apostolic Constitutions. So we know for sure that these um, sacraments truly give us the grace of the Holy Spirit from the Bible, from the writings of the apostles, from the writings of the fathers. And I, I agree with that. And I think as well, um, like... There's so many things that we can see even in our own personal lives that show the legitimacy of these sacraments and of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, so how do we kind of use these sacraments um, as it pertains to our salvation? Like how do we use those? Um, now that we know that they're true, how do we use them to kind of further uh, our fight for the salvation? So um, the reason why I um, uh, prefer to talk about the sacraments is be because I feel they are kind of... Um, misunderstood in the way they work in our salvation. Um, like some people, for example, um, choose to ignore, to take communion for long times or say, uh, why do I need to confess to a priest? I just confess to God. Uh, or what is the purpose of bap baptism? I just, you know, believe in Jesus Christ and that's it. Um, or what is the Merundo? So, um, Many of these um, ideas are out there and sometimes they affect even those who are uh, born in the faith or those who are orthodox. And in order to understand the work of the sacraments in our life uh, pertaining to salvation, you have to go all the way back to the beginning. Um, you know, when God created everything, the first verse in Genesis, what does it say? What was before, there before everything else? That was just God. <laughs> There was God, and there, the Bible says that uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters, right? 
So the beginning of creation, the, the first tools that God used uh, or that God created to use was the water. And he, he used that with his spirit to create everything, right? And this is basically what we do in baptism. Baptism is a new birth and a new creation. So just as the world began created by the spirit of God and water, we are reborn again by the spirit and water. And this is why when um, Adam sinned um, and all human race after him um, uh, inheriting uh, death and corruption and are born sinners, uh, we needed kind of a new creation because Adam was that kind of that example of, uh, uh, not the example, was the first creation and we all came from him. We were all created in him. And when he sinned, we all sinned in him. So every human being came after Adam was born sinner. And that was the creation. And in order to fix that, the creation needed to be recreated. So in order to recreate a human being, we need the first tools that was there from the beginning to create the first human, which was water and spirit. So this is why, for example, we start with baptism. And we are reborn, we are recreated uh, as a new human, a new nature that does not have this sin that we are all, all born with. So this is the start of all the sacraments, that we get a new birth without uh, the corruption, without the, the, the sinful nature that we inherited from our Father. And then we move on to the next phase, which is um, getting the, the Holy Mayroon. And the Holy Mayroon is the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit given us the gift, given us the ability to live spiritually, right? Given us the ability to choose the right over the wrong. We still, after baptism, are prone to choosing sin or choosing goodness. But when we get the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, it gives you more ability, more power in you to choose the right, to be able to discern what is good and what is wrong. So it is needed for salvation that we have this ability or have these gifts of the Holy Spirit that makes us live spiritually. Um, when Adam sinned, and again, we, we fell, we all fell, all humanity fell in him. Um, he um, not just... Um, it wasn't just an act of wrongdoing. It's an act that affected all humanity. And it led that um, we as humans were separated from God. And this is why we die. This is why death was a result of the sin. Because sin separated Adam and all humanity from God. And when you separate yourself from the source of life, what happens to you? You lose life. You die. So we needed to reunite with the source of life again, right? After baptism, after you get reborn, and that sin is removed from you, and your nature is renewed, and then you get the gift of the Holy Spirit, you need to reunite with God. This is the last step, or this is the step that is needed for the salvation to be completed, right? To live as a new man, united again with God, just as Adam was. So you get that in the communion in the sacrament of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. So you reunite with God through the body and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son. He is the only 
true son of God, and in order for us to become, again, sons of God, we need to unite with that son of God. And he said, if you eat my body, drink my blood, you abide in me and I in you, and in return you become the son of God. Um, so this is why, again, this is how all the sacraments relate to each other. Then after that, when you خلاص, did all what you're supposed to do, you're baptized, you got the gift of the Holy Spirit, you're able to live spiritually, you are reunited with God through the body and the blood, then you live in life, again, you still have the free will that allows you to choose wrong over right. So what if you fall again? What if you sin again? Do you need the whole cycle to be repeated again? Uh, no. And it's like it's when but Christ... But still going to need to be reborn <coughs> because again, once you sin, you separate yourself from God. But isn't it when Christ like tells Peter, um, like when he's washing the feet of the disciples and Peter says, Lord, not just my feet only, but also my whole body. But exactly. Christ says, uh, like responds like, um, I'm paraphrasing, but like, if yeah. you're born in me again, like there's there's no need for you to wash the entire body. There's the only feet. need just for the feet. Yeah, exactly. So it's basically as if you need another baptism. But Christ said, no, you're not going to get another baptism. You're just going to get something called what? Absolution in the confession. So this is why those four sacraments are necessary for salvation. No one can survive or no one can actually say, I'm a Christian um, without being one with Christ, without being reborn in Christ. Again, and if you notice, I keep repeating this term, in Christ, in Christ, because we cannot be saved except when we are in Christ. We cannot be shown righteous in front of God except if we are hiding in that one and only true righteous person, the one and only true righteous human, which was our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why he became a human, so that we get to live in him as humans. Because if he went up there to God and told him, God, accept me, just me by myself, with my own works, my own righteousness, it has no value up there. There is nothing good that I do that can get me to be saved or can get me to be boldly say, I am the son of God. So it's only if I hid myself inside Jesus Christ and I tell God I go up there, not as me, but as one with Jesus Christ. And so what is the response to people who um, like claim that you can become one with God apart from the sacraments? How do you... Um, kind of combat that mentality again we're not in a position to um, I don't want to say it in a, in a wrong way but we're not in a position to judge others and how they live their faith the only thing that we can do is I respect how you think but what I know from the Bible what I have received from my fathers from the fathers of church from the apostles from all the writings from all the the Bible interpretations is that in order for one to be saved you have to be baptized. You have to partake of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. You have to be washed in, in confession with the absolution. Your sin has to be removed and put on account of Christ on the cross. And the ways that Jesus Christ gave for us to, in, to be able to do that is through the sacraments. And this is why, for example, one of the verses says, you know, if you believe and baptized, you are saved. So, and then another uh, time he said, if you do not eat my body, you do not drink my blood, you have no life in you. 
So if you put all these verses together, you're going to kind of form how the church understood that this is the way of salvation. At the same time, I'm not going to go to a person and tell them, hey, you're not going to be saved because you're not doing this. I cannot. I leave that to God. God is God's judgment. But if I'm asked, um, what is the way of salvation? How can I be saved? I will tell him exactly how we understand from the church. Because we cannot understand salvation outside the church or away from the church. And the church explains it this way. You have to be baptized. You have to be... Um, you have to dwell in Jesus Christ. You have to be one with Him. You have to eat His body in the flesh. You have to obtain the, the grace of the Holy Spirit. When you do sin again, you know you do not go and rebaptize. No, but you have a sacrament called confession, which was actually practiced by the apostles in the Book of Acts, um, and we hear about it in the Bible for uh, in many occasions. Um, and again, this kind of um, sacrament, especially the sacrament of confession. There are many uh, disputes and are many arguments on it. And again, the famous question is, why can't I just confess to God? Right? First of all, if God wanted to be just this, you only confess to God, he wouldn't have given that authority to the disciples. He gave them the authority and told them, you have the authority to bind and loose. If you forgive sins on earth, it is forgiven. If, if you lose uh, sins on earth, it is loosed. So again, why would Jesus Christ give this kind of authority to the disciples if they are not required to perform this. And again, this has to connect with the sacrament of priesthood. Uh, because the sacrament of priesthood is often, um, again, misunderstood. It is always or often understood as I am um, being a priest uh, in the same manner of the Old Testament, which was which had priesthood, but it was not the priesthood of Jesus Christ, the priesthood that we perform now, like me as a priest, I am a priest again in Jesus Christ. He is the one and only true priest. He is the chief priest. And all the priests that we have now, all the priests that perform sacraments, they are priests in Jesus Christ, in the one true priest. And when we perform a sacrament, it is not us personally who are performing it. It is Jesus Christ who are performing these sacraments through our hands. So again, when, 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 when Jesus Christ gave the authority to the disciples to forgive sins, it is not for them as human beings that they can forgive sins. It is the power and the authority of priesthood. And it is the power of the, and authority of the priesthood of Jesus Christ. So when you tell someone in the confession, your sins are forgiven, it is not me personally who are saying to that person, I forgive your sins. But I tell him through the authority and the power that God gave me in, the, in my priesthood, in that priesthood of Jesus Christ, I can use it to tell you your sins are forgiven based of, uh, on uh, are you repenting or not. So one of the jobs of a, of a priest in the, sacra in the sacrament of confession and decision is to actually ensure that this, this person is repenting. right? Or otherwise, if I just repent or if I just confess to God, then I can just do anything I want, do any kind of sins and tell God, God, I've sinned. Forgive me, and that's it, and consider it done. But it doesn't work this way. This is why Christ appointed um, certain people to perform his um, act or his action on earth after he left. So we are all priests according to the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And I think if you think about it from like a logical perspective, like why does there have to be a priest for confession? It goes back to that point of like accountability. 
like making sure that you're actually, you know, pursuing the right path. You're not yeah. just, you know, because a lot of a lot of times I hear the question like, well, if you can just confess and your sins go away, why don't you just confess and just do whatever you want to do? Yeah. Um, and it's it goes back to that. It's like the intention is not there. Yeah. The intention is not to be to get closer to God. The point of confession is to become united with God, to get closer to that point. Yeah. So if you're not if you're not if that's not reflecting what your heart says then you're not actually doing anything yeah and and you're never going to be able to trick god you know god is a discerning god he is a wise god he is all knowledgeable he is his knowledge and his wisdom so if you go to a priest you know and just because of his human weakness you lie to him and tell him abuna i uh, i've sinned you know and i'm confessing my sin but you're not truly repenting from your heart you're not going to make a difference god knows that you're not repenting he's not going to forgive you Right, so you cannot you cannot trick God. You can trick the priest, but you cannot trick God. You can lie to a priest in confession, but you cannot lie to God. You know, and it goes in the other other way too. If you went to a priest, truly repenting from your heart, and you confessed, and the priest told you, you know what, I I don't believe you, or I'm not going to give you the absolution. If you are truly repenting from your heart, and God knows it, and God sees your heart, God's going to give you the forgiveness. Right. So this is why the second is called for, uh, repentance and, and confession. There has to be repentance first in order for the confession to be counted. If you do not repent from your heart and you go and confess, it's not complete sacrament. And if you go and, um, and if you repent, but without confession, again, the same thing. It's not complete. Mm-hmm. So there has to be both. And like you said, it's, it helps also with the accountability and guidance. Sometimes I get people who ask me, hey, what, I've been doing this. Is that right or wrong? And again, without this kind of guidance, they, will, they might be living in a sin without knowing. And without that kind of guidance, they wouldn't have known that it was a sin all, all from the beginning. So confessing to a priest is, is very, very important on, on all aspects. You know, when back in the days, in the first when, um, church, confession used to be public. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. The, the person who sins goes into the congregation of the people with the priest present, and they confess to, in front of everyone. Because what happens in confession, or what happens when you sin, now we are all um, the one body of Jesus Christ, right? We're all united in Jesus Christ. Where his body and his head. So imagine if your finger hurts, wouldn't your body, the whole body, would be affected? We'd feel it, right? Mm-hmm. You'll be annoyed. You're not going to be able to sleep. And it's only your finger, only one part of the of, of your body that is hurt, actually hurting, but it affects the whole body. So exactly the same thing. When one of the members of the body of Christ sins, he doesn't only affect himself, even if it's, it was a private sin. He affects the whole body. And this is why he has not just to confess to a priest, this is why he has to confess to the whole congregation of the body of Jesus Christ. This is why it used to be public. But now, you know, because of how big the congregation is and we cannot gather all the members in one setting and confess, and also because it became embarrassing. Uh, so God is merciful, and the church says, you know what, Khalas, that the priest can be a representative for the whole congregation. So the priest in the setting of confession. He is representing the presence of Jesus Christ, and he also representing the congregation and the body of Jesus Christ. 
And I really like that point of like, if one body part hurts, the entire body's affected. Especially even like, when you think of like private sin. Um, I actually think that sins that are done in private affect the body even more than sins that are even um, like publicly done. Because it, you're the only person that knows about it. And so because of that, you're able to almost like hide it from, from everyone else. But the mm -hmm. effects of, the, of that behavior is very apparent. Yeah. Whereas if like, you know, if I hit someone, it's very obvious what happened. Everyone saw it. So it kind of changes the, the dynamic of what sin is. Yeah. Um, but kind of like concluding the, the, the point about confession, um, how often as I know the church says uh, every 40 days, but how often in your eyes do you think um, confession, you know, should be done? Should it be increased? You know, as is there certain times in life where it's just an increase or decrease? Like, a, what is your kind of uh, personal guidance on that? I would say definitely when you feel a change in your spiritual life, or when you need a kind of encouragement to pursue, uh, for example, a spiritual canon that your father confession gave you, and have been um, failing or in in keeping up with it, and you reach a point where you actually stop doing it altogether. I would say don't wait until your next confession appointment and just schedule something with, with your father of confession and talk to him about it. Um, definitely if there is a new sin in your life, again, don't wait until your next confession appointment. Just schedule one soon, as soon as you can. Because the sooner you expose um, your thoughts or your sins, the sooner it will be easier for you to overcome them. Just like someone with a disease, you know, when someone gets a disease, the sooner he goes to the doctor, the sooner he will be able to get better or take a treatment. But when you leave a sin or a disease longer in your system, it might be harder after this to treat it. So the same kind of same thing. But otherwise, if things are stable, and just keep the normal intervals. Well, thank you, Buna, for coming on the podcast. It's been a blessing to have you on. Um, thank you guys for watching. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, turn on both notifications, and share. Thank you, and see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.